how were the sheepdogs to have known when they were playing garages and local bars that they would blow up to be as big as they were? You never really know. All you, all you can do is just go to local shows, support live music, and eventually sometimes it takes off. Hello, I'm Eric Anderson. The voice you just heard belongs to Dallin Gunther of the Underground Cafe. Dallin is one of the many voices you'll hear in this special Juno Fest episode of YXE Underground. This episode is dropping on March 12th, which means we are well into Juno week here in Saskatoon. Perhaps you've already seen a show or run into a Canadian musician, probably Jim Cuddy because he's everywhere, or maybe you're resting up for a big weekend of live music. This year's Juno Fest, which is a two-day festival of live music spread out over 10 venues across Saskatoon, begins on Friday the 13th which is kind of spooky, and continues Saturday night. If you love live music like I do, it's an amazing way to see artists and bands play in really unique spaces, everywhere from the Broadway Theatre in the Capitol to Nine Mile Brewery and Drift Cafe. So what does it take to pull off a two-day, 10-venue, more than 60-artist music festival? We're about to find out in this episode of YXE Underground. It's lunchtime on a Thursday afternoon in early February at Saskatoon's Somewhere Else Pub and Grill. There's a group of musicians about to put on a songwriter circle for invited guests. It's part of a musical series called the Blue Jay Sessions, and it's the brainchild of Dan Clapson. Dan is the co-founder of a popular food blog called Eat North and has been hosting these Blue Jay Sessions, which feature country artists sharing songs and stories in intimate venues throughout Alberta for the past few years. He's bringing the Blue Jay Sessions to Saskatoon for Juno Week because he saw an amazing opportunity. Well, I wanted to bring it to Saskatoon for the Junos because whenever you have a large-scale event such as that, you have so many artists that are from all over Canada coming to the city and all eyes are on Saskatoon. So there's a good chance you can get quite a range of talented musicians where you wouldn't be able to, no, I shouldn't say you wouldn't be able to, but Saskatoon obviously has an amazing music scene. But on a weekend like this, you know, there can be people coming in from Vancouver, Toronto, or like, you know, small town New Brunswick, and you can really find these talented people you might not have access to otherwise. Having the Juno Awards in Saskatoon is a music lover's dream. Artists and bands from across the country are converging in our city and will be playing shows in venues big and small as part of Juno Fest. The last time Juno Fest took place in Saskatoon was 2007. I was a teacher in small town Saskatchewan, a town called Frontier to be specific, but I drove up to Saskatoon for the weekend and to check out Juno Fest. Just going from show to show with the man sitting across from me right now. This is Troy Wepler. Hello. Troy Weffler is my cousin. You might know him as Cousin Troy. You might also know him as the tall, handsome farmer who attends most shows at Amigos. So I thought it would be fun to have Troy provide a bit of color and character to this special episode. And what better place to do it at Amigos, which is where we are now. Hello, Troy. Hey, how's it going? It's, uh, we got about, what, 15 minutes till so, Children's Day at Amigo fires up. So let's pound this out. Can you explain what's happening? It's a Sunday afternoon. It's uh, March 1st. What's happening? Uh, I'm not sure. I see the there's a DJ table going up on the 
on the stage. Uh, face painting, the first table I tried to sit at, I couldn't because it's going to be turned into a face painting booth. So that's something to look forward to in a couple minutes. So, and also awake in the back. So it's a busy place, amigos, on a Sunday. So here we are. And there are literally tables going by us right now. I, I thought this would be like just a nice, cozy place for us to have a beer, enjoy some good food, and, and all the things are happening. Still, it still can be. Yes, yeah. there we go. Um, when, when you think of JunoFest 13 years ago, Troy, uh, any memories come to mind? Yeah, so you're thinking of uh, 07. It was funny, I was reading this morning, like with the, with the kind of blizzard we had last night, that 07 was that last giant blizzard we had in January that year. So I guess we would have still been digging out. Um, I don't think I was living here yet. I think I was still maybe living in Battleford. Um, but I remember being in, in town and, and just the, the buzz around and everywhere you went, like maybe so-and-so is going to show up and right i remember being in here and members of the tragically hip were in amigos to that see, was very cool yeah to see i think that was jets overhead was wasn't that that, yeah. that was the hype the yeah. big hype band that year That's right. uh the guy from uh some of the 5440 members were in here that night for that show um yeah i remember that one uh downtown uh what if, if i don't name something different every couple of years, but Coors Event Center now, Odeon back then or whatever, there was a pretty, a couple of pretty big shows down there. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, Shout Out Out and, uh, what did I say, DJ Champion yeah. and Malajube. Yeah. I don't know, is there a French way to say that? <laughs> that I just couldn't, I don't know. We'll hear from listeners later. Yeah, yeah Malajube was there. And then there's a whole other story of my our friend Errol getting hit by a car, leaving there that night. And yeah, it, it's it's funny now, because he, he lived, right? <laughs> I mean, he was seriously injured, but it's still a funny story. <laughs> kind of karma, yeah. There were so many things that happened in 07. Busy time, yeah. It yeah, it was time. fun, so yeah, I'm ready for this one, 13 years. Wow. So. I, I had no idea at the time in terms of the, the work that went into doing Juno Fest in 2007. And then for this year, I wanted to learn about the work that it took, that, that it's going to take to, to pull off this festival, because it's in 10 venues, like 60 artists over two days. Um, so Janelle and I, our, prod, our podcast photographer, uh, we visited three different venues in the city. So we went to Broadway Theater, went to Nine Mile Legacy Brewing, and we went to the Underground Cafe. And, uh, and we learned about what it takes to pull off a festival like this and then what it means to the venue owners to have a JunoFest show at their place. So I guess we should get going because we've probably got about 14 minutes to pull this off. Okay, so the first place, <laughs> the first place we went to uh, was the Broadway Theatre. And that's where we met Erin um, Otterbein. And Erin and her dog Dolly, oh, you should see pictures of Dolly, Troy. She's adorable. What flavor, what flavor dog? Uh, it is a white, fluffy, Mal, Mal Malamute? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Really nice puppy. Cloud? Like yes. a fluffy floating cloud, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Um, and then Erin was kind enough to meet us at the Broadway Theatre at 11 in the morning. She opened up the theatre. So it was just Erin, Janelle, Dolly and I in the theatre. And it was really, really great. And what I didn't know was that the Broadway Theatre, they're actually curating Juno Fest, which brings about many opportunities but also many challenges. So erin um, has been with the Broadway Theatre for 11 years. We sat in the third row of a very empty theatre. And I started by asking Erin what went through her mind when she heard the Junos were coming to Saskatoon. Initially, like it's always a very exciting thing to hear that there's going to be tours coming through and artists coming through and that they're going to you know, be on our stage. It's always such an honor to have artists who uh, see playing the Broadway theaters an honor. And I felt like that was kind of going to be the biggest benefit for us was to have, you know, those four or five days of Juno Fest shows. Um, but then 
Juno's d- approached the Broadway team about helping them program Juno Fest and and start um, putting acts in other rooms because you know our name has kind of become synonymous with <laughs> bringing musicians and artists to town and and treating them well and making sure that you know their experience here is honored as well and so not just in our space but in our community in general. Okay, so when the when the Juno folks ask you to do this, mm-hmm. um, you're very nice. So of course you say yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so then, what, <laughs> what what does the work look like? Um, you know, it actually hasn't taken too much of a toll on our team because our executive director sees this as a very exciting project, and um, and so he's really kind of taken the lead on a lot of that um, programming and dealing with the Junos in general and Karis in general. And so for us, it's really just been business as usual at the Broadway and we've got this you know upcoming set of shows and we we still don't know what they are yet and uh, but for our team after running a festival like Winterruption running shows in other venues is a lot of fun it's a way to kind of get out of you know our space here and um, we really love working with our partners around town and so it's just like another fun weekend of yeah we get to see people be happy and brought together around music and so that's kind of the motivation for our team is this is a really cool way to get some experience from a huge national company like Karis and the Junos so yeah you you mentioned Winterruption. Mm-hmm. Um, so Winterruption, I, I thought, was just a smashing success this year. Happens at the end of January. And then, mm-hmm. what, the next day, the day after, uh, the Juno nominees are announced. Like, yeah. it's it's such a quick turnaround mm-hmm. for you. What what are the challenges that come with that, Erin? Um, I think other than, uh, I like, the Broadway, kind of our mentality has always been, like, onwards and upwards. And that idea of, no, we haven't done it before, but that's not going to stop us. We're going to try. We're going we're gonna to do it, and we're going to do our put our best foot forward and all our effort and energy into it but that's just kind of how our team operates all the time so it, it didn't really seem to phase us we there was a point in the weekend of winter eruption when there was a whirlwind where we remembered that Junos were not being nominated on Monday and just kind of that shrug off our backs like this will be a lot of fun and that's how we have to go forward because it's a lot of work and it's a lot of people and places to coordinate but I feel like we're a really great communicative team and we work really well together and so that's why we know we'll be successful at this so you mentioned the venues there Mm -hmm. there are 10 venues i believe yeah across the city um so how like how how do you keep track of of (laughs) everything because there's so much happening at this theater alone especially during um juno week like I, i got my tickets uh yesterday for uh, the, the Q taping here, yep. which I think yeah, is going to be that's awesome. Be really exciting. Um, so there's stuff happening here, but then mm-hmm. in nine other places. Yes. So how do you, how do you do that, Erin? Um, we have a very active group chat. Uh, <laughs> and we, I mean, like, it's just kind of, we just, I think we've done it enough times with winter eruption and we put shows in other venues throughout the year as well. And, you know, we've had sold out shows happening at the Broadway and sold out shows happening at another venue. And it's just, it's, we check in with each other. We make sure that everybody's feeling like supported and they've got all the resources that they need. And we really rely on our partners and friends at the other venues because nobody knows how to run their room better than the people who work there. Um, And so we really just, uh, we just try to be, you know, 
easy to work with and, and easy going about everything. So if we let ourselves get too stressed out about things, then it's not fun anymore. So just trying to make sure that everybody's happy and feeling respected and, and that, you know, it was a good thing that they came to Saskatoon and they put this show on for our, our city. So there, there are so many artists that are coming here. And what Mm -hmm. I remember from when the Junos were here in 2007 was seeing people, um, that maybe normally wouldn't come to Saskatoon yeah. and they come here and they're playing a really small venue and then maybe six months later or a year they come back because they had such a great time. Mm-hmm. It, is it an opportunity to, I don't know if network is the proper term, but just to make some contacts with artists that maybe you've never met before? Absolutely. Yeah. And that and that's a big reason that it's so exciting for our team to be working in these venues with different, it, it's not just working with artists, it's working with tour managers, it's working with agents, it's, you know, everybody kind of in that music, Canadian music industry scene. And the reason, you know, that we keep programming shows for artists in other venues and, 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 and here at the Broadway as well is because people like working with us and we you know we try and make sure that everybody's treated well and it you know some of the stories we hear about artist experiences on tour and on the road are kind of horrifying and like would never cross our minds for us to treat another human being like that much less somebody we've invited into our space and into our city and so there's like people like to work with us artists like to work with us tour managers tell the the agents and uh, that you know these are good people they treat our artists well like the audience is always really respectful and so our reputation is kind of a big part of that and it, it just blows me away why maybe this is a bit of an aside but why venues wouldn't treat artists and like uh, yeah, yeah i don't know i like i it's a weird statement but i was kind of raised in the broadway umbrella this was you know i started working here at a young age and so i've never really understood that that kind of mentality of like how you could be a promoter and treat your act like crap and but just having worked with so many people and so many people in this room and local sound techs and lighting techs they've seen some really like crummy behavior on tour like all over the place and so I just yeah it isn't a it's a an affront to to (laughs) me as a as a person who wants everybody to have fun and feel like you know their art is is a joyful thing to be pursuing and Mm -hmm. not a chore and not a ton of work and that you know they I don't want anybody to walk off a stage in Saskatoon and think like oh that was shit yeah sorry (laughs) that's okay um so when when the Juno week begins Mm -hmm. and Juno Fest is happening um what what will those days look like for you it's hard to say because I haven't had to work uh, with Junos like particularly, but a show day can run anywhere from 12 to 17 hours, depending on the day and the load-in time and the sound check time and, and how long the show actually runs and how long your act wants to stay after the show. And, and there's all these, and like how long it can take to settle. And all, so it, they can really run you down. And so that, I think, is the thing that... I, everybody was a little bit worried about in terms of like burning us out, but a 17 hour day is something pretty regular around here. And so it's no, it doesn't really phase us, but people who don't do this and don't, you know, seek the adrenaline that can come from running a show or running a festival. Cause it is a little like, it's an adrenaline hit. Absolutely. Um, 
don't really understand that, can't like put themselves in those shoes and be like, well, that sounds like a great idea. But for us, it's kind of like going to summer camp. It's kind of like you get a week to like meet all these really fun, rad new people and they're coming to like your place and you get to be proud of it. And and so that's, yeah, it's kind of how we're looking at it is like, you know, business as usual doesn't stop at the Broadway because we are a venue, we'll still be, you know, we'll sell popcorn and, and we're gonna have lots of people here enjoying shows, but that summer camp of having our team be working, you know, pretty intensely and closely together, um, yet still really far apart throughout the city and different venues. It's 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 one a bonding experience and two, yeah, it's just a lot of fun and and the adrenaline rush is pretty great. So I I, I just love your enthusiasm. This is <laughs> this is great and 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 the idea of summer camp too. I, I yeah. think is awesome and and. Besides that, like, there's so many other great shows. Like, yeah. this sprint is crazy for Broadway. Yeah, I mean, we're not slowing down anytime soon. <laughs> I remember there was a time where, like, the Broadway was kind of framed as, like, the, the little theater that could. And now we're kind of just this, like engine just barreling down the tracks at full speed and we're just we're gonna keep it going and and that's kind of you know we we want to be a true reflection of the community and I think we are working really hard at making sure that that is you know that mandate is filled here and having the Junos be a part of that like that's it was a big deal to have them come here it kind of legitimized the city in a way the first time they were here and now kind of the glow has come off because there's a reason for artists to stop in Saskatoon. They're coming here anyways. They're like, we're not, you know, we were this, you know, tertiary market for a long time and we're starting to be seen as a much more viable market and that the people in Saskatchewan deserve to have artists and music and let musicians come here and, and, and celebrate their art with our, with our citizens. And so that's another reason that we're, you know, really excited for the Junos to be here and they've been like pretty lovely to work with on our end and, yeah so it's it's an exciting opportunity for us as the Broadway to just kind of we know what we do well and we know we like what we do it'll be really cool to kind of put on those like that Juno hat and learn and see and just kind of yeah get a little bit more experience on that side of the music industry so it's wonderful speaking with you Karen <laughs> it really is it's it's such a blast speaking with you thank you for coming in yeah. on a uh, on a cold Saturday morning and you opened up the theater to Janelle and I yeah and it looks great and uh, it's weird to be in here when there is just the, uh, I was going to say three of us, but four of us, because yeah, who Dolly's else is here? Are, Dolly's around here somewhere cleaning up all the popcorn. That That's Aaron's puppy. Behind. Yeah, yeah. She, she works here all the time. So <laughs> She's the, the official like tour greeter. Anytime a bus rolls up at the back, she's waiting at the door for the artists. And yeah, and she's like a general uh, light in this space. So people like coming to visit her more than us. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh, what a welcome to have, though. Erin, yeah. um, thank you so much. Best yeah. of luck during Juno Fest, yeah, and thanks for um, yeah, with us. thanks for taking the time. We're happy to do it. Yeah, we're excited. A big thank you to Erin for opening up the Broadway Theater very early on a Saturday morning and uh, and letting us sort of just uh, take up the space. Um, Troy, you have seen many shows at the, at the Broadway Theater. Uh, any stand out uh, as as a favorite over the years? Uh, well. I think the one that stands out um, for sure would be the night that uh, Good Brother broke his leg out front, uh, slipped on the ice, and fell in front of Amigos. It was Dallas Good from the Sadies. Dallas, yeah, Dallas from the Sadies. And then uh, the troopers that they are, the show must go on, right? So, like, Dallas in the hospital, um, the rest of the band came and 
and did I mean they put the, they they put together like a great 90 minute show um, and then I think we all got to go back and see him again for free wasn't it or they did they, or maybe it wasn't free but they came back and did redid it yeah. anyway when, yeah. when everyone was healthy and and so that was something because I was in Amigos drinking before I went over over there right and all of a sudden there's an ambulance outside and I was like oh someone must have slipped on the ice sucks for them <laughs> then we head over to the show I was like oh it's Dallas I walked right by him he's laying on the ground yeah so that was uh. That was that was memorable, and then I'm trying to think like there's been so many like what shows have we seen? Like we've seen, um, we've seen I, the Sadie's here a couple times. Yeah. I like the Core Blunt show where it was just him, and like he had so many drinks up on stage, and he just told stories. Yeah, that was really good. that's the first time I'd seen him. Oh wow! Right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I should have known by remember how excited our friend Craig was oh. to get a ticket. I was like, oh, he really likes this guy. He must be pretty good. And then after the show, I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, actually, I've seen the Deers there a couple years ago where it was, or no, the lead, wasn't it the lead singer, the yeah. Deers? And he had like Saskatoon Symphony people backing him up. Murray Lightburn, yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. That was super cool to hear some of those some of those songs. Jeez, uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head all the other ones there. I mean, obviously the time that uh, I was part of a performance, That's right, when I had to tell a story for def- DNTO, uh, yeah. Uh, CBC Radio is definitely not the opera. Troy yeah. was one of the featured guests. Yeah, yeah, it was sook in and it was sold out. I remember standing on stage and looking out. <laughs> it's like I just focused on the exit sign on the back. I was like, <laughs> pretend that's the only thing in here. And I think if you in any pictures, I was just grass, like had my hands on the mic stand so hard. I was like, just don't. If you you pass out in front, of this, like fall off the stage in front of that many people. So yeah, that was pretty memorable too. So yeah, I've had some pretty good times in the in the Broadway for sure. You, you have so many great memories. Um, and, when, and when I think of, of concerts in the city, I, I do think of the, of, of the Broadway theater. Um, but then the great thing about Junifest is that there's these smaller venues that maybe you don't traditionally think of as music venues, but they're going to be hosting shows. And then one of them is Nine Mile Legacy Brewing on 20th Street. And that's the second stop on our tour. So I want to speak with CEO and co-founder Sean Moen because, like I said, when I think of Nine Mile, I think of great beer. But I was curious how Sean was able to attract the Juno folks to bring shows to the brewery during Juno Fest. Like, how, how do you do that? So, Sean and I sat down with a couple of pints, and he told the story of how a craft brewery gets the attention of the Juno Awards. Well, we're big music fans here. We've had the privilege of hosting some really incredible acts in the taproom already. And when it was coming to Saskatoon, we knew that um, come hell or high water, we had to be a part of it somehow, and so we were, were really lucky. We, um, we've been selected as a Juno Fest venue, of course, but we've also um, talked the fine Toronto people of, of Karis and the Junos into doing some really cool collaborations with us, so you're going to see some really interesting stuff pop up uh, that involves Nine Mile. I'm very curious, how, like, how, how, do, you, how do you talk to them about, you know, because they've, they've got so much on their plate, and then how does, how does Nine Mile get in and be like, hey, we make great beer. We, um, I, I find traditional, anybody who's worked with us will, will tell you that I find traditional asks of participation to be boring. Usually it's an ask of giving a bunch of free beer, which is, I mean, we've never really been able to do because we've been tiny, so we've always had to think creatively about what they need. Um, for this, we've uh, designed a special uh, growler that's going to be present at, um, at the Juno Banquet, and it's going to tell the story of how music um, and beer are the two great Canadian conduits of connection. And so thinking a little bit about um, what it looks like to share a growler of beer, what it looks like to share a great tune, and um, for that particular beer, we're uh, offering our 999th batch of beer, which is an Imperial Pilsner. 
So a lot of fun. That is so cool. We, we were talking on the phone a few days ago about how music and beer connect people in, in our country and, and like you had some great things to say can you uh, can you just wax poetic a little bit about what like because I, I totally agree with you in terms of like the music and then the beer as well but how do you feel that it connects people I, I think um, one of the great moments of my mid 30s was watching Gord Downey's final con- uh, concert on CBC and I texted with friends across the country and everybody was emotionally overwhelmed with what that meant because we'd all grown up listening to the Tragically Hip and and hearing um, Gord and his bandmates tell the story of our country. I feel that to a degree as well, well a great degree with Stomp and Tom and was lucky enough to see him with Garrett and Lacey uh, when he was last through town before he passed away and I, I think that there's a, there's a thing about music that strikes at our commonality and helps us define what it means to be Canadian. We generally define being Canadian as being not American. And we struggle, I think, with the exception of pointing to hockey, struggle with finding what it means to be Canadian. But artists like Stan Rogers and Stomp and Tom Connors and, and um, Buffy St. Marie and Gore Downey and the list goes on and on and on, they identify those common points in ways that I think we have a hard time articulating ourselves and so we're drawn to them. Um, how does that relate to beer? Well, we're having a beer right now. And, yes, we are. And, and we're riffing on what it means to be Canadian. I think that the beauty of what we do is it opens people up to connect with one another and I, I think there's a lot of commonality between those two mediums. You you bring up a, a really great point about how how music and beer can, can bring people together from all parts of the country because you're so right about we don't identify or we identify as like we're not American, but there's so much regionalism too in in this country. And yet, when I think of someone like Gord Downey, um, Gord and the Hip were popular in Halifax to Saskatoon to Vancouver. Like, it's able to span the whole country, which is really hard, isn't it? Because we're such a big bloody country. So some of some of these uh, folks, uh, I mean, Joni Mitchell's an obvious person to point to as well in, in being able to tell stories of places that um, maybe they've been but they're not from. Uh, you listen to Wheat Kings and it's with certainly with pride and with reflection and with um, hopefully with self-awareness that you think about Saskatoon in our history. You listen to Field Behind the Plow by Stan Rogers and you think about what it means to be Saskatchewanian. Um, you listen to Roll on Saskatchewan by Stomp and Tom Connors. Uh, these aren't guys that lived in Saskatchewan, you know, and but yet they got the common value proposition or shortcomings that define us as Canadians, and and I think that's pure magic at the end of the day, and and that exists not only for Saskatchewanians but for every other part of this country, I'm sure. One of the things I really admire about you, Sean, and, and what you've done with Nine Mile is that you are big champions of this city, and so what what I'm really excited about is for Juno Fest and, and, and for the Junos in general is that so many people from across the country are going to see what Saskatoon's like in, in 2020 and like th- how does that make you feel to know that like okay you've, you've got you've got a lot of the country coming here and you're you're going to help put on a really great time here uh, I've um, this is every sorry every response is a massive digression on my part Eric sorry about that I um, <laughs> I have moved around a bit and I've lived in different spots and I've always found myself back in Saskatoon and I've, it, to a degree there's been reluctance around that, um, but on reflection it's, this is my home 
This is all of our home. It's also one of the greatest places to live in the entire world. You know, I defy people to argue that point in July. Maybe they can argue it in January, but, um, but there's beauty in, in winter too. And I think that it's been interesting with our business to be part of the national and international awakening that Saskatoon has something going on. Um, I don't think we've always been that great at it as Saskatchewanians and understanding that we've got something really great going on. Um, but we're kind of at a swagger moment right now and, and it's going to be extremely, um, it's, it's extremely proud to show people that, yeah, there's, a, there's an absolute jewel that's not without its issues and its conversations, and, um, uh, but it's, it's a place that you want to be around and it's people that you want to be around. Um, when I was talking with Todd and Sarah at Tourism Saskatoon, they mentioned how when they were selling Saskatoon to, to host the Junos, one of the big things they talked about was the, the, the culinary scene, the drink scene here in, in Saskatoon. I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that like it's okay to to puff out our chest a little bit and promote ourselves because you're so right like we're, for the most part we're not really great at that are we no I, mean, I know you've you've lived in different spots um of the world as well and uh we often get patted on the head and and kind of especially by sorry about people out by people out east that look at us as the cute country people and we've got a lot to say you know and we've got a lot to contribute and we know what excellence is you know so it's for me it's been no surprise that um, Saskatchewan people have been really keen on trying excellent beer and excellent Asian fusion and um, a world-class art gallery and the list goes on and on and on because we know excellence you know and, and I think we need to start thinking of ourselves like that. Um, we're, we're a few I guess we're about a month away from the Junos um, do you do you know what's like what all you're gonna be hosting and doing here the, the week of or? Not really uh, <laughs> I, I know we've signed up for a few things. We've got we've got a really special beer, as I mentioned, going to the banquet. Um, we're going to be a Juno Fest venue for a couple of nights. I'm not sure which acts we're going to host. Um, we had the privilege uh, early on in this location at hosting Tom Wilson. Um, I've been a long time Tom Wilson fan, and and so to be able to have him play the tap room uh, was a really special experience. I know he's going to be in town uh, because. Uh, uh, he's been rightly nominated for some recognition, um, but I don't know if he'll play our place. Uh, the last time he played, we didn't know what the heck we were doing, and we didn't have mic clips as an example, so we had tied the mics to the mic stands. So Tom might have a bad taste in his mouth from that, I don't know, or maybe it's a quaint memory. <laughs> be awesome if he stopped by. I don't know what we're going to host um, in terms of a venue, but it's going to be something really special, and if people don't have their passes yet, you got to get them. What, what does the tap room become when there's live music here? My, my best example, like it's a pretty tiny spot. We can probably eavesdrop on everybody's conversation in the tap room right now. It's all pretty intimate. But my best example is a Texas Roadhouse. You get the, you know, the axe up in the window, their butts are in the window. Um, everybody's standing shoulder to shoulder and focused on the stage in a really narrow way. And it just becomes an, a, a really electric environment. So we've had everything from um, fiddlers to uh, uh, traditional acoustic acts to the legend himself, Tom Wilson, to a five-piece band play the front of the room. Everybody does it a bit, a bit of a different way. The Classy Chassis played our anniversary last year. This place doesn't seem suitable for bands that size. It is an, it's an amazing vibe when, when uh, the tunes start pumping out. Last question for you. Um, I, I know that music is very near and dear to your heart. Um, and you've, you've, got like some, you've got some family roots when it comes to your music here. Um, what... what what does it mean to, to be a part of this, this Junos, especially when, when you, like, it's, music means something to you? 
Well, I've uh, hired my dad as the sound guy, so I don't know if that's a direct way of answering you, but he's, he's super excited about um, being able to be a part of it. Um, our uh, Stand Up Brown is named after my grandpa's Stand Up Bass. Uh, as you mentioned, we've got long roots uh, in our family and getting together and having guitar pulls and, and playing together. So to be able to uh, bring... I've always thought of music as a little bit like cask beer, where when you have a cask, it's, it's an experience that is ephemeral, it's fleeting. You're not going to necessarily experience that same sort of beer in the future, and it's the same like a live performance, right? If you're, it, it's very different from listening to something that's overproduced and, and over-recorded. And when done right, those experiences are really special, so to be able to have something like that is, is fun. Um, best of luck with the shows, whatever the shows may be. And um, yeah, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. So thanks, Sean. Back at you, Eric. Thank you. My thanks to Sean Moen for uh, appearing on the podcast and for, for sharing some great stories. And I think the shows at Nine Mile are going to be awesome. And I really hope Tom Wilson shows up at one of the shows. Um, Sean brought up the point, Troy, that um, music and beer are things that bring Canadians together. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Um, for sure. First of all, just the aspect of mulling around the bar and talking to people, right? Like, I don't even, I guess, and probably like beer has been for so long and like now you get a little bit more since it's legal and we can talk about it, like the cannabis or edibles and also, you know, maybe hand in hand enhancing shows or certain shows that you might want to see. Like I just went to see Tool twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may have been altered at a few of those, but you know, yeah, I think beer for sure. Beer's good, right? You can have a few of those and be chill. I mean, you don't want to take it in excess and pound, you know, too many double whiskeys and you don't remember and you flew all the way to Washington. You only remember the first half of a show. I mean, that could happen to anybody. It could happen to anyone. So, but definitely, yeah, a few beers and a good show. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's a perfect mix for sure. I do too. Um, you are listening to the YX Underground Podcast. My name is Eric Anderson. I'm at Amigos right now with my cousin Troy, Troy Wepler. We're talking about the Juno Awards. We're talking about Juno Fest and the work that it, it takes to pull off a two-day festival featuring more than 60 artists across 10 venues in Saskatoon. It takes a lot of work. Um, you can subscribe for free to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. You can stream episodes on yxeunderground.com or on Spotify. And be sure to check out the amazing photos Janelle Wallace um, has taken of the venues that we visited in this episode on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The pictures of Erin and her dog, Dolly, at the Broadway Theatre, they're, they're just the best. They're so good, so you have to check those out. Okay, we've got one more stop to go on our tour, which is good because they're really starting to set up for the kids' party here at Amigos. Look at all the balloons! Oh, and there's balloons on the floor. Okay, so we better get going. Um, the last stop on our tour is the Underground Cafe. And if you've never been to the Underground Cafe before, you're, you're missing out on great coffee, great sandwiches, and a really cozy environment. But when I saw the list of venues that were hosting JunoFest shows, the Underground Cafe surprised me because I never really thought of it as a place to see a concert. And it also surprised Dallin Gunther um, that it made the list, and, and he's the owner of the brother of the Underground Cafe, so it surprised him too. So after Janella and I finished our beers at Nine Mile, uh, we walked up 20th Street to speak with Dallin and discovered that he was just as surprised that his cafe was named a Juno Fest venue. Yeah, I guess that makes two of us in that <laughs> I didn't think this place was a Juno venue either. Um, it was really just up to them. They they re they were the first ones to reach out and uh, get in touch with me about this. And it was it was quite surprising, but I was intrigued. I knew that they were doing satellite shows for 
quite a while. I just didn't think that they would like take the step to go to unique, small, intimate spaces like this one. Like we've been doing shows for years here, um, but it's always been like at a grassroots level, local bands, um, touring acts from Canada. Nothing, nothing uh, glamorous though, such as the Junos. Um, for for listeners who have never been to your space before, can um, can you do your best to describe the space? Yeah, for sure. It's about 2,000 square feet, and we've got a little kitchen here that cranks out grilled sandwiches, soups, uh, some fresh baking, really good coffee and tea. And then uh, we've got a fairly comfortable space with an emphasis on vintage rock and roll decor and uh, sort of a music theme overall. Lots of our specialty drinks are named after musicians. And then in the far side, we've got a a little stage in the corner that we put on shows with in the evenings sometimes. What I really love is like you walk in and it's it's a long and narrow room and I, I don't think there are many rooms like this in Saskatoon. It just kind of worked out that way. When we started throwing shows I knew, knew absolutely nothing about sound uh, and it was sort of like a get thrown into the fire situation with putting on shows. I there was no one else to run sound except for me, so I just kind of had to twist knobs until I figured it out. And it, as it turns out, long, narrow spaces are perfect acoustics for having shows, so it kind of was just a happy accident. I'm like, this is actually sounding really great. Um, I don't really know why, but and now I know why, but then I didn't. I was just twisting knobs until it sounded good. What, what made you want to, to start hosting shows here? Um, well, it was always kind of part of the plan. I mean, we were doing shows way back since day one when the record store was still in here and that was like such a great experience just getting a whole bunch of people in here jazzed on music the all ages showcases were cool we hosted those for years getting kids in high school stoked on music getting them up on a stage getting them in front of people getting them a little bit of paycheck from the door um everything about having shows is is really fun that's really interesting you say that like with the all ages because um where i grew up in swift current there there weren't well, there, there weren't a lot of acts when I grew up, and, and that's changed now because there's, there's different venues in, in Swift Current, but I had no exposure to that as a, as a 16 or 15-year-old, and I, I would have loved to have had that. So for you to provide that space, like when you were first starting, that must have, like, why was that important for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's an essential part of any, like, I guess, cultural scene, if you want to go further than music, but definitely on a musical level to have those House shows, garage shows, uh, small cafe shows is super important, especially for young people to get motivated. I think, as I distinctly remember the first time I ever played guitar in front of someone at that was a bit that was a late bloomer, maybe 18. But I just remember like hearing an audience react and be happy at something that I played was like, oh my god, this is what I want to do with my life now. Where where was the where was the show? That was in New Zealand actually when I was living there. Um, I was too scared to get up in front of people for a long time but I just um, got up the courage to play at an open mic and uh, jammed with the house band we played some Jimi Hendrix and I played guitar and everyone <laughs> cheered so loud and I was just like this is this is amazing so, I need to be a musician now <laughs> so like not, not like of all of all the musicians to play or artists to play like you play, <laughs> you played a Jimi Hendrix song well, like yeah yeah I didn't I never said I played it well though oh, okay. <laughs> But I limped, I limped along the solo and it was, it was okay. But uh, yeah, getting back to what you said before about the kids, is like, I want that magic to happen for the next generation of musicians so that we can continue to foster local talent. It's not like, like once, once your uh, notable Saskatoon bands get big and move away, you have to replace them. You have to keep generating music. So if there's not uh, that grassroots level of small indie shows, then it's harder to foster, you know? I just, 
it's really quite something to see young kids get hooked on music. Uh, and I like to be a part of that. And as a matter of fact, we're actually working with um, a local radio station to get another All Ages Showcase uh, up and running in the future. That's on the download, though. It's Nothing's confirmed yet, but all I can say is we're working on it, and there should be regular shows coming up again soon. Well, why is that so important for you? Ah, I guess just it's, it's an easy way for me to incorporate my business, and in the, at the end of the day, like I am selling products, we sell beer, coffee during shows, so of course it's a, there's the business aspect of it, but um, for me to combine my business and very easily contribute to one of the aspects of the music scene that's needed, i.e. a small intimate cafe space that's all ages, um, handicapped accessible, inclusive, um, we can provide all those things very easily, so it seems like it wasn't really a choice in the matter, like it's something we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that's a really it, like you know I, I look at the the ten places that are are hosting shows for Juno Fest and and it it's such an eclectic mix of different venues like we we were just at Nine Mile uh, talking with Sean about the you know their their space there and we were at the Broadway Theater earlier and like now we're here and and just hearing kind of the backstory like it it must be kind of cool to be part of a, a really eclectic mix that's going to be showcasing so much great music for like three or four days in the city yeah it's great to be included in this and i uh i took a look at the list of other venues that are included and i just think it's there's all sorts of venues they're all so very different from each other um and um i guess i'm just really grateful that the junos took the time to look into places like this like we're almost invisible when you google like places to play in saskatoon it's like the big venues come up, Capital Amigos, they're great venues, of course. I didn't really expect to be included in that list. I'm very grateful that I am, but um, for the Junos to consider small venues like this really shows that they are uh, aware of the fact that most of the acts, all of the acts, that are now winning awards and nominations started playing venues like this. So... Um, to come back and be like, we, we appreciate that this is where music begins sometimes. Well, I mean, it begins in bedrooms, I suppose, but um, uh, after that, you know, small venues come into play. So uh, the acknowledgement that we can bring that sort of fame and fortune back to where music can start is, is quite something. I think that's such a great point because I can remember the Junos in 2007 and seeing some acts in smaller venues that maybe six months or a year, year later, we'll come back and play a bigger venue. Um, that, mu- that must be kind of exciting to know that, okay, there, like, there could be someone playing up on your stage just over there, and in six months, like, you know, they could be maybe a household name in Saskatoon. Yeah, absolutely. You never know. I mean, I'm, how, how, did, how were the sheepdogs to have known when they were playing garages and local bars that they would blow up to be as big as they were? You never really know, but all you... All you can do is just go to local shows, support live music, and eventually sometimes it takes off. So as a business owner, um, is there anything um, special or unique that you have to do um, to get ready for a Juno Fest, even though you've never done done this before? Yeah, we are really flying by the seat of our pants here. (laughs) I think the the plan is to just stick with what we know. We're going to set it up the same way we always do um, and just try to make make it sound as best we can and try to accommodate as many people as we can comfortably and hope hope for the best. 
uh, when we find out who's playing here, that will be great. We can start setting up the room ac according. I think it's going to be like more of the folkish, acoustic-y kind of scene, which is great. That's the that's the kind of music that sounds best in here. It's a very uh, bright room, very lively. So when you can put some warm acoustic tones into it, it really comes alive. So we are going to just uh, keep on keeping on uh, with with what we usually do. And I, guess, I mean, I guess that's why they chose us in the first place. So we must be doing something, right? Oh, I, <laughs> Question I, mark. I, no, I, I think you are. Um, is it a, is it a sense of excitement for for what's about to happen, or is it more like do you get anxious or nervous as as an owner? And because you, I imagine like you you want to make a great impression on the Juno folks, but. Uh, how do you feel? I suppose in one regard, yeah, a, a good impression would be nice. Maybe they'll come back next time they're in town. But um, on the other hand, I mean, it's called Underground Cafe for a reason. We're not actually underground. It's just kind of been off the radar for many years. We don't try to spam people with advertisements all the time. We always relied on just um, word of mouth and return customers to build this. So. Uh, a, a spotlight will be nice for a while, but after the Junos have packed up and gone, it'll just be kind of business as usual. Maybe a few people m will know about us. Um, but, yeah, no major changes, I don't think. Yeah. Um, it's It's been a real pleasure uh, speaking with you. And I, I do have one selfish question to ask of you. Um, this is going to sound really corny. I'm but married. It... <laughs> just joking. That was a great answer. Um, so a, a dream of mine has been to do a live episode of this podcast, and the first place I thought was this space. So have you ever hosted a live podcast in this space? I have never hosted a live podcast. I would, uh, I would love to, though. It would be great. That was the answer I was hoping for. <laughs> but you're married. I understand. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Hey, no problem. It was a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> A big thanks to Dolan, Sean, Aaron, and Dan for taking the time to appear on the podcast, and I hope you're able to see a show or two of theirs at their venues during Juno Fest. This has been Episode 8 of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. I host, produce, and edit the podcast. And if you like what you've heard, feel free to give the podcast a five-star rating and subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And you can also stream episodes on yxeunderground.com or on Spotify. Follow YXE Underground on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which is where you will see some really great photos of Aaron, Sean, and Dallin in their respective venues taken by Janelle Wallace. Thank you, Janelle, for all of your hard work and uh, for, for just taking the time on a really cold Saturday to take some amazing photos. Thank you to my cousin Andrew Dixon for creating the music in the podcast and to Danger Dynamite for maintaining the website. I would like to acknowledge that all of these interviews in this episode took place on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. And before I go, I have to thank the one and only Troy Wepler for sharing his thoughts, his insights, his character, for getting a table here at Amigos before the kids' party starts. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little tight in here, I guess. We better, uh, yeah. I've seen a couple uh, three-year-olds stumbling around in front of the stage just now, and I was like, that's exactly me at the Stars show. <laughs> stars, too, yeah. I guess that was another show we saw before they, before they kind of, well, I guess they were kind of blown up by then, but yeah, yeah absolutely. That, no that Stars show here at Amigos, I, I can remember uh, Torquil, the lead center handing off of one of the rafters and then I bought a shirt that says goodbye fascist yeah. on it. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, they'd been like in New York
York the night before or something. Remember, yeah. he was like, yeah, you, New York's cool, but you guys really get it. And I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Troy, before we go, would you like to read off the list of uh, Juno Fest venues for our listeners? Okay, starting at number one, Nine Mile Legacy. Amigos. Hey. <laughs> they made it. Uh, Black Cat Tavern. Broadway Theater. Buds on Broadway. Convocation Hall. Cosmos Senior Center. What's going on there? You know? Sometimes they have punk shows there. That's the one right by the Hose and Hydrant, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Senior Center threw me off. Uh, Drift Sidewalk Cafe. Louis Pub. Prairie Sun Brewery. The Basement. The Capitol. The Refinery. And the Underground Cafe. And Troy, where can people get tickets? Uh, let's see. Tickets are $30. Gets you into every venue on the 13th and 14th. Available at ticketweb.ca. Ticketweb.ca. <laughs> Aw. We should co-host more podcasts. <laughs> Thank you, Troy. Uh, YXE Underground is a production of the Salt Hammer Production Company. My name is Troy Wepler. This is... Uh, me? Like, did, I say, did I say Eric Anderson or Eric Wepler? I don't know. I'm Eric Anderson, and this is... Uh, I'm YXE Underground? <laughs> no, you say Troy Wepler. I'm Troy Wepler. And we'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon, and enjoy Juno Fest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we nailed it. And we did it in 17 minutes. Oh, well, perfect. <laughs> Just keep people's attention long enough. <laughs> 17 minutes, I'm out. <laughs> the, the shrill screams of children are picking up in the background. <laughs>